Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, yes, welcome back, my friends, once again to another Tips from the Server Room. I'm your host, Jack. This is episode number 97 for October the 6th, 2015. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast. If it's tech, it's here. Check out all the great tech shows at techpodcast.com. Also, you can catch a show on Stitcher at S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com where you can pick up this show as well as many other genres out there of podcasts. And you know, folks, there's a lot I listen to, not just technology podcasts. Uh, you know, I most use it as my uh, streaming radio in my car on the way to work. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to listen to podcasts. And there's so many out there, and they're so wonderfully done. Uh, that listen, it, it just sounds like FM radio, if not better. Folks, check out my website if you have a minute. I hope you do that at tipsfromtheserverroom.com where you can comment on these shows. You can also leave me a voice message, and I wish you would, 724-701-0550. Once again, 724-701-0550. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, get those in to me. Email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com and you can also follow me on Twitter and as at technoman. Now, folks, you may say, boy, Jack, where have you been? Why have you been around? Well, I didn't pod fade. That was the word that I hear uh, Mike Smith use a lot, uh, pod fading. And um, we didn't fade away here uh, with just with everything. Work, you know, work has been uh, very, very strenuous lately. Uh, we've been into so many different uh, areas uh, that this year. Uh, you know, so many little problems with the network that we have to address and work on. You know, so you're working after hours. You're trying to get that stuff done. So, you know, I just put the podcast, I guess, on the back burner, uh, but now it's fall. I mean, it's getting to that point where I'm going to be sitting in a house saying, what can I do tonight? And I'll be recording a podcast. So hopefully you stuck with me there. I see the numbers are still looking really good uh, with people just finding the show and listening to the show. So we'll be bringing you more shows here on uh, servers, uh, switches, wiring, fiber optics, all that goodness, all that connected stuff that we deal with each and every day, uh, along with Windows Server. And a couple new things I have for you this evening that we've touched on in the past, but, you know, it's new. Uh, And I told my wife, she goes, why do you always read about technology? I said, well, look, it changes every minute of every day. There's something new going on. So we have to be prepared for that. We have to be ready uh, for those changes coming along. And we, you know, we as technologists uh, owe it to our clients. We owe it to our customer base. Uh, you owe it to your family. Maybe you're the family computer guy. To know of the latest stuff out there, to use it, to try it out, to work with it, play with it as much as possible. I mean, that's just, you know, our life. That's the life you chose to live. So what we're going to start out tonight with is a Exchange server update. Now, first of all, let me go into my little, my little uh, soapbox rampage where I don't no longer, I, I don't no longer... I no longer believe uh, in hosting your own email server. I, I don't know why you would do that uh, unless maybe you're Hillary Clinton and you want to have your own email server in your house for some reason. 
I've never heard of such a thing in my life, uh, unless it's for something that you're trying to, I don't know, cover up or hide or whatever that is. And, and I'm not picking on them. You know, great people. Uh, you know, Bill was a wonderful president, uh, led this country out of a you know major crisis and got us back on our feet. So uh, I'm just uh, bringing that up because I don't know why you would run an exchange server in your in your business, in your office, because there's so many hosted packages out there today. So I think Microsoft is going, whoa, wait. You know, this this guy, this guy Jack at Tips from the Server Room is making statements like that, along with million other podcasters out there. Uh, we all kind of agree that to host your own email server, you're becoming your own ISP. And if you want that headache, then bless you, you have that headache. Me, on the other hand, I want somebody else to have that headache. So we use we use Google Apps uh, in our in the education field. Uh, mainly because it's free to us. How, how can I go to my, my boss? Uh, you know, you go to your boss or maybe a CEO and say, look, hey, uh, I need, uh, you know, I need a new server. I need Microsoft Exchange on that server. Um, you know, give me, uh, let's, get, let's call it $5,000, $10,000 to put a mail server in. Um, we got to host our DNS server somewhere. We got to worry about MX records. We got to worry about mail going out, coming in. And hopefully you never get blacklisted. We got blacklisted once when I owned my own ISP, and that was absolutely horrible. Um, you know, so you try to change your IP address, but they got your domain name, and uh, it was a mess. It was a total mess. Folks, it's very easy for somebody to put you on a blacklist. It's very hard for you to get yourself back off of it. Uh, it was in no fault to ours. It was one of our clients, uh, one of our dial-up customers at the time. So it was, this was a little while ago uh, when I ran a dial-up uh, internet service. One of the dial-up services, their people started spamming people, and they took that to say that they just banned our email server. They just they just started blocking all of our email messages. So the business clients we had was starting to have a lot of trouble, and it, we did eventually get off the blacklist. I mean, but it took uh, you know a few, at least a week of constant working, constant calling people, and trying to find the right people to get a hold of. So why do you want all that headache? But Microsoft is starting to come at this as a different approach because they're listening. They're listening to you. They're listening to uh, other folks out there saying, look, you know, you, we really don't want to host this anymore. We want somebody else to worry about our email. So let's go ahead right into this because this is uh, you know, late-breaking news here uh, coming from you on the news center. <laughs> a little more than two months ago, uh, after releasing a preview version, Microsoft has now made Exchange Server 2016 available for download. Although meant to uh, run on-premise, the latest version of the email software uh, was influenced by the cloud. So again, Microsoft now is listening to all the technologists out there saying, look, people don't want to host us in their server rooms anymore. We, you know, They want somebody else to worry about. So Microsoft says, hey, look, over here, we'll worry about it for you. We've been running Hotmail for years. We're really good. We know what we're doing. And, and I'm not knocking it. I, I still have a Hotmail account today. Uh, it, it makes it easier to run Windows 8, Windows 10 uh, if you have a, you know, a, um, a Microsoft email account. So it's just something that I use. I use it for my uh, cloud-based storage. And, um, and it just simply, it works. It does. It really works well. So uh, what sets this version of Exchange apart from the past is that it's forged in the cloud. So uh, the release brings the exchange bits that already power millions of Office 365 mailboxes to the on-premise environment. 
So they're bringing these mailboxes, and the only thing I can tell you about hosted email, if your internet line goes down, you have no email. When we did have our own email server some years ago, I didn't use, well, I used Exchange towards the end there, but I used to use iMail server from IP Switch, and it was amazing. Very easy to set up, very easy to understand. So if you have your own email server in-house, the benefit of that is people can email each other through the day, even if you don't have an internet connection. If you use Google Apps or Office 365 or any of these hosted services, one-to-one, -one, GoDaddy, whatever you're using, if that email is hosted totally uh, like ours is and our internet goes out, we lose all communications uh, within the facility uh, as well as definitely you can't get anything out. So uh, that does shake a few people up, but, you know, we do have telephones. We do have, you know, uh, instant messaging in-house. We can chat back and forth through, you know, through that stuff. But anyway, so that's something to think about. So they're giving you the on-premises environment, but they're putting your email into the cloud, okay? Now, despite efforts to unseat email as a business communications medium of choice, the inbox remains a firmly uh, attached part of the workday for many users. Microsoft believes there's room for improvement by integrating some of the collaboration features found in Office. Exchange 2016 includes a new approach to attachments that simplifies document sharing and eliminates version control headaches. In Outlook 2016, which I just started vaguely playing with it, or Outlook on the web, which my wife uses for her uh, communications in her organization, they, that's all they use is Outlook on the web, you can now attach a document as a link to a SharePoint 2016 and that is currently in preview, so you can download that in preview SharePoint 2016. Or, or on OneDrive for Business, instead of the traditional attachment, providing the benefits of co-authoring and version control. Folks, this is huge. I just, had, I just worked with one of our folks the other day. He was trying to send an EXE file. Now, if you have Google Apps or if you have Gmail and you try to email me an EXE file, it's going to say blocked. It can't do it. You can zip it. It's going to say blocked. It sees the exe file in the zip folder. So what we end up doing instead of, and I wasn't thinking fast enough, I guess we could have put this on our Google Drive and just emailed a link over to those folks. But we use, the, we use one of the file sharing services out there where, you know, you can um, basically send an attachment or a file. What it does, it, it emails a link to the person. They click on they download it. So, you know, there's so many ways to get a file out there today outside of an email attachment. Now, search has, also, uh, search has also been overhauled to deliver more accurate and complete results. According to the software giant, Outlook 2016 is optimized to use the power of the Exchange 2016 backend to help you find things faster across old mail and new. Searches also get more intelligent with search suggestions, people suggestions, Search refines the ability to search for events in your calendar. Uh, so there's, they're, they're bringing this all together now. Uh, you know, I don't know why it hasn't been this way for years. I mean, um, you know, and, and you can go on and on and on. I can talk to you about Apple, how Apple can search. You know, Apple indexes their computers very well. They do great searches if you use their mail program. Again, we use all Google apps, so we're using the uh, Google email interface. We don't allow people to use desktop clients. 
um, because it's too hard to support. Everybody wants to, like, we have the Mac users that want to use Mail. We have Windows users that would like to use Outlook. And we just don't support those. Everything of ours is web-based. And once we got our users involved in the web-based and understanding folders and labels and colors and all this stuff to organize their email, they don't want to go back. Because now they can log on to any computer, bring up a web browser, and their exact email is in front of them. And they love that. So they don't use all of these different uh, email clients anymore. I think that's going by the wayside. Uh, you remember one time, and you might do this in your office, you have to use like LogMeIn or some remote desktop connection to get to your office computer so you can see your email. Those days are, are, are gone forever. Uh, thank goodness, because that is a major, major headache. Now, the mobile-enabled browser-based Outlook component gives new functionality, new functionality and a few improvements. Users can access their inboxes via the web, can now pin items, undo actions, and include emojis in their message, where those ever came from, why they're important, I don't know. Visually, the web app now supports a single-line inbox view, new themes, and enhancements to its HTML rendering engine. So folks, okay, let's let's back this up for a minute. So Microsoft came out with Exchange 2016, Outlook 2016, to give you the greatest business email that you can ever imagine, okay? And now they've included emojis. Really? I don't see the point in business of sending a smiley face, sending a little devil, sending a, you know... <laughs> A little heart. I don't know. Maybe you're trying to pick up one of your coworkers. Uh, it's just ridiculous. They should not be doing this at all. There should not be emojis in business mail. Okay, we'll let that go. This is interesting read to you. Yeah? Intense e-discovery projects could benefit from the faster, more reliable pipeline. That's important. More reliable pipeline. A new, um, a, a new system and distributed search architecture provides better fault tolerance for sharing the workload across multiple servers. That's important. The pipelining is important. Being able to distribute, if you have a very, very large organization, you want to set up 10 email servers and you want them to work together, we have to have that pipeline fast. We have to have it synchronized and we have to be able to distribute the search quickly across all the servers. That's important. Emojis, not so much. In addition to a more modern user interface and tool set, the, mail, the email server software also improves on administration and management experiences. Exchange 2016 architecture affects or, or reflects the way to deploy Exchange in Office 365 and is an evolution and redefinement of Exchange 2013. So a, a combined mailbox and client access server role makes it easier to plan and scale your on-premise and your hybrid deployments. Coexistence with Exchange 2013 is simplified, and namespace planning is easier. Now, outages and failure should be far and few between as well. Should be. Should be far and few in between. New automated database repair capabilities, including database uh, divergence detection, along with stability and performance enhancements, make it a sturdier software foundation for an organization's email system. Exchange 2016 can be downloaded from Microsoft Download Center today. 
and it requires Windows Server 2012 and up. There's no up right now, folks. It's Windows Server 2012. So customers can evaluate a fully functional product for 180 days. Don't put that on your production server. Don't make this email server your production server and find out, you know, 181 days in, you have no email. Okay, so the next thing, well, let's touch on, on a few of these items. When Microsoft says it should be more reliable, no, it has to be reliable. Businesses rely on email communications 100% of the time. Even now, in the year 2015, we're still relying on some technology that was invented how many decades ago? And it's sad to see that um, because email... Um, email as good as it is and people rely on it I understand that um, the kids today if you talk to any students in a school and we do this a lot because we try to see is the technology measuring up to what the younger generation thinks it should be if you want to measure your technology talk to the younger generation don't talk to that 60 year old employee you have typing out an email you know chick 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 no that's not the guy you want to talk to because the younger generation are more in touch with today's technology, and they will tell you it's either really good or there's a lot of places you can improve. And we try to search for those improvements. The one thing they'll tell you about email is it's too slow, right? You have to type the email message. Even though you hit it send, it can go across the world in seconds or milliseconds. It's still slower than the text message. It's slower than these people doing uh, like Instagram, uh, Twitter messages. You know, people are looking for more of a uh, of a robust type of a collaboration type of a communications where, you know, you send a message like Facebook. Uh, as much as, you know, I despise Facebook because of how it was created, um, I use it every day, and I'm sure you do. But Facebook's the same way. I can post a picture. People comment on it right away. People see it. People like it. You don't get that, you know, with email because email is just a different beast. So that's something to think about. Email is going to be around forever. If you do have Exchange, upgrade to 2016. If you do have servers running, upgrade them to 2012. And let's get a move on here, people. We got to stay current. All right, the next thing I want to talk to you about here is give you a little bit of Windows 10 update. Uh, the last couple shows I did, we talked about Windows 10, how much trouble we had installing it at work, how much of a headache it was getting it up and running. Folks, I use it every single day, and I have to say I love it. I mean, you know, and... I do. I live in a Windows world because of work. Uh, we have a lot of Macs in our industry because it's education. We have a lot of iPads, and we have to know how to work on all this stuff. Now, what I can say is Windows 10 has finally cut through all that old Windows 8, Windows 8.1 clutter, and now they gave you a workable, usable computer. Is it stable? Yes. Is it fast? Absolutely. Does it index your whole computer? You can do searches across the computer, across the internet, across the network? Positively. It works great. And I can't say enough positive about it. Microsoft took their time here. They hit it out of the ballpark. Yes, was there some problems installing it? Sure. You know, but anytime you try to upgrade an old operating system to a new operating system, you are going to have some stumbling blocks. But what we did was finally we just zeroed the hard drives out, you know, cleaned them off, reformatted them. And we load it fresh, and we both, myself and my partner at work, have been extremely happy. We're both running it every day. It plays well with the network. 
Um, there's not a whole lot of policies on server 2012 to, you know, really interact with it. Um, I think the new server version is going to come out here whenever that's coming along. Uh, and they're working on it. We'll have more policies to take care of a lot of the stuff in uh, Windows 10, but it does work. So here's something new I found for you tonight. And I thought this was really interesting how this is going to work out. Microsoft is planning to offer Azure. Now, Azure, if you know, is their cloud-based servers. Um, users, two new licensing options. An option for running Windows 10 on Azure and bring your own license or BYOL support for Windows Server. Microsoft is planning more details soon about coming options. There are a couple of known um, credits pertaining to the new licenses. On the Windows 10 on, all, on Azure front, all users who want access will need to be running Windows 10 Enterprise. And there's the catch, Enterprise. Users will also need to be on a Windows 10 current branch or business service to take advantage of this new option. Microsoft did enable users to run Windows 7 and 8.1 on Azure in virtual machines, but only for development and testing purposes. So, what this is telling you is you can have a hosted Windows 10 desktop. That's pretty cool because what, you, what you're allowed to do there is when your user goes home, they can open a web browser, whatever, however they can get into this thing, and they can, boom, they're on their Windows desktop. When they're at work, they're on the same Windows desktop. Perfectly great solution. Um, the coming new BYO option will allow users to bring their existing Windows Server licenses to Azure like they can already do, and I didn't even know this, they can already do with SQL Server and SharePoint under the existing Software Assurance License Mobility Benefit. Users also will need to have Software Assurance cover in order, coverage in order to take advantage of the BYOL Windows Server Benefit. Update. Or maybe not. I'm hearing that there might be a new Software Insurance Benefit that has nothing to do with license mobility that will apply to allow users to move their existing Windows Server licenses to Azure. What that means is, folks, is you've got to deactivate your server license in your rack and you'll be shutting that server down because now your server will be hosted. Talk about a little bit in that in a minute of, of why that's not always the best idea. You can procure an Azure virtual machine without Windows Server and upload your own set or customized virtual machine image, including your own installed Windows Server license to run on Azure. So that's great. Um, and then that's about it. Uh, Microsoft officials said the company is not willing to share any additional details or clarify particulars about the Azure licensing option at this time. So what that's telling us, and here's some downsides. We were offered remote hosted um, servers at one time, and I graciously turned them down. Now, your email, your web servers, uh, your any kind of web applications you have, if you want them hosted outside of your organization, that's an A-plus idea. That, that's a perfectly sound solution because you don't want to become an ISP. We have too much as technologists to worry about. We don't want to worry about running our email server, keeping up our DNS, and da-da-da-da-da. We just don't want to do that because we have enough stuff to worry about networking, uh, you know, uh, firewalls, keeping people out of your networks. 
And if you're worried about is my email going or is my web uh, page active, then you're losing touch with your entire network. Unless you have a big team, and we don't. We are a team of two. We have right now, uh, I think we're up around uh, roughly, let's let's call it 1,300 clients that we deal with, uh, you know, in and out. Not every day, but, uh, you know, every week at least we're talking with these clients. We have, um, you know, uh, somewhere around right now, I would say roughly 1,200 uh, computer devices on our network or 1,200 roughly nodes running around out there on the network that we have to deal with each and every day. Um, we have multiple switching, multiple racks, multiple servers. We have enough to do. So here's the downside about hosting your server somewhere. Unless you have a 100% reliability internet connection with a 100% reliability backup internet connection, if your server goes down, folks, your people do not work. Okay? Very simply put, let me, say, let me stress this one more time. If your internet connection goes down, your people do not work. Why is that? Very simple, because they can't remote into the server that is no longer in your office. Just like we talked about the email. If you have hosted email and the, network, and the internet goes down, you don't have any email until it comes back up. Very simply put. So that is why we don't host our servers off-site. We keep those on-site, not because I'm some kind of control freak. Don't be a network Nazi. Okay, I'm just saying that, and if that's not politically correct, I'm sorry. But you don't want to be that network person that sits there and say, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. You are wrong, folks. It belongs to the organization and the company that you are employed by. And it is your job to keep that server available, active, current, and ready to do work each and every day by the clients that you are getting paid by. That would be the people in-house. If you're one of these folks that do, um, you know, you go out, you do jobs for people, you know, you do consulting work. I do a lot of that also. Then I have clients there that I am responsible for, you know, that I answer to. Everybody believes that once you're a technologist, it's your network, it's your servers, it's your internet. You can filter based on how you believe you're wrong. Okay, just leave it at home, hang it in your closet, and just leave that whole attitude, that whole chip on your shoulder at home because you're giving all of us a bad name. All right. It's our job to protect the network. It's our job to make sure the firewalls work right. But you got to let in what you got to let in and you got to keep out the bad guys. Okay. It's just very, very simple. And, you know, there's don't wrap a whole lot of uh, thought around that. So, but the hosted service part about it, here's another thing I don't like is I am no longer controlling that firewall. That server sitting there, I'm requiring somebody else to look at the firewall. I'm requiring somebody else to worry about my SQL databases. I don't want that. I want to take care of my stuff because I owe it to my clients, not because it's mine, okay, as long as we're clear on that. So that's why I don't host it outside of the, um, outside the office. That's why we keep it in-house, and we, you know, we keep close tabs on it, and uh, you know, we keep it running. That, that's our job. So anyway, enough for that soapbox, huh? So, folks, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk to you about. And, and there's weeks like that. There's weeks that go by as a podcaster. You know, I'll be having dinner uh, right before this show would start. And I'm talking to my wife. And she goes, what are you going to talk about tonight? And I'll say, yeah, I just don't even know. Um, I was lucky enough tonight to, to have these uh, come across in my email box. Uh, some great topics for the night. Something to think about. Some stuff to talk about. Um, you know, are you using Azure? I mean, I don't know. We are not. We have not played with it. Uh, we have so many other cloud-based services that we use. 
one being the Google Apps and the Google Drive, um, which they just gave uh, all education unlimited Google Drive space. I don't know how they do that, but uh, our people, ourselves, I mean, our staff can keep whatever they want there, uh, you know, and it's there until, you know, they don't work there, or go to school there, or whatever. Uh, then we, you know, delete it. But, um, but anyway, I don't know how they do that. Um, we don't, <clears throat> again, we don't remotely host any servers. Uh, we've talked about it, but we don't. Uh, all of our SQL servers are also in-house. So I'd like to hear from you. Are you using Azure? Are you using this licensed SQL server? I think that's a pretty cool idea. Um, you know, I mean, for an SQL server to be somewhere else, I mean, you got a lot of data transactions across your Internet line, but I don't think it would be overbearing to really bring your Internet down unless you're running something like, you know, a 5 meg connection. Uh, but now you should have at least a 100 meg connection in your office or a gigabyte connection in your office. Uh, Internet is so cheap and so readily available, you should have as much as you can buy. Uh, because I was telling at work, there's two things that will never happen. One, we'll never use less storage than what we're using today. And two, we'll never use less bandwidth than what we're using today. Those are two things that you can always take away from this show that you're going to stick in your head, that you're going to always, 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 always remember. Because when it comes to data, we are nothing but... Watch that show sometime. There's a show uh, on TV. I don't know what channel it's on. It's called Hoarders. When you watch it, they take you in these people's houses and you go, oh my God, how can they have all this garbage, all this stuff, all these collectibles, uh, whatever in their house. And then I want you to go to work and open up your server drive or open up one of your cloud-based drives. I, I do it at work. I open ours up and I'm like, what is this stuff? We've collected so many programs that we use. We've collected, we have programs that we used 10 years ago. We don't use them anymore. They're still sitting on a server in folders. Um, I have documents, you know, from 2002. Do I need them anymore? Probably not. We don't. We're hoarders of data. So that's why you're going to always use more and more storage. Well, folks, I hope you've enjoyed this show tonight. I hope I've bring in, uh, I've bring in, wow, I can't talk tonight. I hope I've enlightened you with some knowledge, something that you're going to take away from the show. That's what I do these for. Uh, that's why I started these for some time ago, you know, to bring something out there to you. Uh, to share what I know, uh, to share some stuff that I find, some findings, and hopefully just give you something to listen to in the car on the way to work. And if you want to support this show, and I know you do, because you want to support all the podcasters, because that's what we live for. We live for you guys' to support. Hey, I had a, a limiter gate, and if you don't know what that is, that helps to compress the, the P's, the popping of the audio, uh, the background noise. It blew out, and I got to buy a new one. So what I'm asking you to do is, anytime you go to Amazon, I want you to first go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, deactivate your ad blocker, take your ad blocker off, and then I want you to use my Amazon link for when you buy anything, car wax, floor wax, uh, we're looking at buying towel hooks, anything you buy, use that link, and then a little bit of profit comes back to the show. That'll help me save some money to buy that new limiter gate that I need for my audio system. And that's what I use that money for. I don't use it to, you know, get rich off of it, buy my yacht. You know, I don't use it to buy my Lamborghinis or anything like that. I use it solely to put it back into the show to give you better whatever. Audio quality, uh, you know, bandwidth for to upload these shows, uh, all that kind of stuff. So check it out. Tipsonserverum.com. Use the Amazon link. Lastly, you know you're going to upgrade to Windows 12. You know you're going to do it. I mean, we all are getting in that boat like, hey, let's just get as current as we possibly can. 
And you're going to want to learn how to use Windows 12 and Server 12 before you move. Okay, so you want to learn how to use Windows Server 2012 before you move up. So you're going to want to take one of my courses. My courses are so easy to get on, so readily available to you. You can start at 2 o'clock in the morning. You can go, well, I have nothing else to do. I should start learning about Windows Server 2012. Or maybe you're on 2003 and you haven't migrated yet. Shame on you, but I, you know, I hope you're not out there. But you want to just migrate to Windows Server 2008 R2. You have some licenses around. You're going to uh, bring some servers up on some VMs. Maybe you want to learn that. I got you covered there too, folks. Also, don't forget, I teach VMware ESXi 5.5. Now, ESXi is the free VMware. I'll show you where to find it, download it, install it, and do all of this stuff from install to administration. So the server courses, you're learning everything from DHCP to DNS to hosting uh, websites to you know setting up user accounts to policies. Uh, all that stuff, shared file folders, it's all in there, and it's very easy to follow. Sign up for one of these courses today. They're very inexpensive. I've had people email me and say, Jack, they're too cheap. They must be junk. That's not the course. That's not the, the, the purpose of these courses is for me to pay it forward. Yes, is there a fee? Yes, there's a fee to it because they are courses. I look at it as if you'll go to college, you're going to spend thousands of dollars for this material, and I'm only charging you $250. $250, it's reimbursable from most of your companies out there. Go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Look at the online class link at the top of the page. The courses are self-paced, folks. You watch a video. You take a two- or three-question quiz. When you're done, I mail you a certificate in the mail. And that certificate is good for framing. It's good for uh, putting it with your resumes. I've gotten tons of emails to Jack. Your course has landed me that job. Uh, one guy just recently said, Jack, your course is the reason I went from network technologist to server administrator. So he's making more money at his company. I think, you know, he got a big raise and, uh, you know, I hope maybe even got a parking, a new parking place at the company. I don't know. But uh, so check those out. Uh, they're great courses. I get a ton of feedback from them. Uh, once again, it's tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Click on the online class link at the top. You can't go wrong. Folks, I am working very hard to get these uh, podcasts back out there to you each and every Tuesday night. And uh, hopefully now with the fall weather coming, like I said, you know, I'm sitting around anyway. Uh, when I get home from work, you know, the education now is moving here. We're getting into the uh, the second uh, or, or the uh, first, the end of the first semester. So what's happening is, is the, um, you know, the, the stress is pulling back. Our workload's still there. We still have a ton of workload. Don't get me wrong, but the stress of it's pulling back. So I have more opportunities to uh, come to you at night come home and write these shows up and get them ready to go for you so folks thank you so much for listening to the podcast it's because of you is the reason i do this but i want to hear from you email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com and call me at that number 724-701-0550 your questions your comments are always welcome and if you send me the voicemail i will play it on the show and hey you'll be a part of the podcast which is always a good thing thanks for tuning in i'll talk to you next time here on tips from the server room bye for now gang you just listened to tips from the server room with your host jack if you have any questions please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com 
Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.